You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, sponsored by Franklin Professional Associates, excellence in staffing and recruiting, and supported by regional leaders like AIS. We're on it. Welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal from the North Central Mass Chamber. We are on the road today in the lovely city of Gardner. And Cat, where are we and who are we speaking with? Well, today we are over at 229 Parker Street in Gardner with President and CEO of GFA Federal Credit Union, Mark Hettinger. Thank you so much for being here. It's a and pleasure. Thank you for letting us into the corporate side of the bank. I haven't been on this side. I'm a member for 20 plus years of GFA, but I've not been into this side. So thank you for welcoming us. Excellent. And I'm very glad to have you guys here. And how are we doing? Are we taking care of you for 20 years? Doing great. Great. Doing great. Many loans, many things through you guys. <laughs> great. Love it. Excellent. And I understand afterwards we're going to get some stories from some of the tellers who have worked with you through the years, too. So oh, Is that where we're headed? Okay. They did want me to say a couple things to you. Okay. So. <laughs> I've not Write been rude, guidance. I promise. <laughs> so, Mark, thanks for welcoming us into your space today. And one of the first things we want to do is you know, ask you a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah. How long have you been here at GFA? So I've been at GFA for... 10 months tomorrow. Ooh, anniversary. <laughs> Flies by though, doesn't it? It does. It's been a really good experience, good time. And obviously this is not the first credit union you've worked with, nope. but can you tell us a little bit about your banking background? What got you into the financial side of things? Yeah, I started in college, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I was working part-time for TCF Bank in uh, Rochester, Minnesota, while I was going to school to be a, a police officer. And I really enjoyed that experience, and I felt, hmm, probably a little bit safer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's two paths yeah, there. And, uh, you know, what has gone on over the last uh, 20 to 30 years yeah. definitely has proven that for me. Yeah. So did you actually have to switch your major in college? Did you go from, were you already majoring in criminal justice at the time? Yeah, no. I, so I, I finished my two-year criminal justice degree and, yeah. and started working towards the CEO goal that I had set for myself and went back to school in my late 30s, early 40s to finish up two degrees, one in HR and one in um, business management. Oh, wow. You know, it's it's interesting. You don't hear that many people actually go back, mm-hmm. you know, once your education is done or it's yep. either demanded of you to go back and do it. So that was a real drive to make that shift then in your career, the yeah. idea in your 30s to go back to school. Yeah. No, it was... It was an important piece that I needed to show my kids, right? That it's it, you. You always have to improve yourself, mm-hmm. right? And and it was good timing at that time in my career and uh, and life that I could go back to school. Had great support in doing that. The kids were of a certain age that they didn't need me home all the time. Uh-huh. It was really helpful to That's go great. back and and really the experience I had had set me up to get to the spot. But you do have to have some certification to say, hey they're worthy of being in the spot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, I, I can imagine that some of the lessons you learned though, while you were training to be a police officer, there's yeah. a lot of great lessons that were probably learned yeah. in that time. Yeah. And just how you deal with people, right. Mm-hmm. And how you navigate conversations, um, conflict, all of those things. Right. And so it's just relatable. I had a great dad though, too. Right. He was, he could talk to anybody. Oh. So I learned a lot from my dad that way of how to be relatable and just really um, work with people. And in the job you're in now, that's really important because you are a credit union and you are, you know, you have a very big presence here in Gardner, but you have a a presence in North Central and um, you are a local bank. All of those skills sound like it led you to the right place. Yeah. 
it's interesting moving here 10 months ago and seeing everything fall together over this last year of why I'm supposed to be here. Where did and you move from? Just curious. Rochester, Minnesota. Oh, you, so, so 19 hour Minnesota drive. to here. <laughs> Minnesota. Yeah. Well, at least we still have snow for you. A little bit less though. A little less. Yeah. A little less and warmer. <laughs> yeah. Much warmer here. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about the credit union structure, I guess, that drew you to this? Because we did some research yeah. on you beforehand. We, we kind of followed your career path, and yep. you've always kind of stayed steady in credit unions. Yep. So what is it about that side of, of banking? Yeah. You know, I worked for the first eight years of my career in the, uh, in the banking side of it, and I started at my first credit union in the summer of 2001, and the rest is history. I love the not-for-profit financial cooperative structure that credit unions are built on, it allows credit unions and leaders to serve their members and the communities mm-hmm. they're in the way they should without a focus on the profit side of it, right? We do have to remain profitable, sure, right? Because we want to have um, financial strength for our members. And GFA has that. Mm-hmm. But we get to do things differently because of our, our structure. And that's what I love about it. That's... It's, it's who I am at the core, and it, I wouldn't go back. You know, credit unions are special in the sense that you talked about the cooperative. So my children don't live in the Gardner area any longer, but they have credit unions where they are that yep. are cooperative, and they can actually do their GFA banking yep. at other credit unions. That's right. really quite special. Yeah, the shared branching network that credit unions do across the nation is a, is a great network. And it does allow for if you do need to go into a branch or a financial institution to get that transaction done, we do have that network set up and and it has been very beneficial. Although I have to say all banks now have amazing mobile apps and you can do everything on a mobile app. And I love the new mobile app that GFA just launched. Uh, A lot of good changes in there. Was that member driven or was that technology driven? What made the, what was the decision behind making a big overhaul on an app? A banking app is not an easy thing I would assume to overhaul. It's, it's not an easy thing. Our partner at COCC did a great job helping us with that, but definitely member driven, right? Um, Our goal is to say, how can we be more attractive to that younger member and that potential younger member? And what do they want? They want a little bit more sexy, more appealing app that they can navigate their their financial needs through. And it, that was definitely a, a pivotal part of why we wanted to go to that new app. And then it's, we just got to continue to evolve. Technology mm-hmm. is moving so quick. Mm-hmm. And so at GFA, we have to show that we are evolving with that. And in addition to kind of appealing to that that crowd, when you are having more and more customers who are relying on apps, how does that change your interaction mm-hmm. with your members and, and how you retain them and how you attract new members? Everything digital, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Crystal and I talk about that all the time. Crystal's our VP of marketing. And it's we have to meet the member where they want us to be. And that digital side, whether it's marketing or on an app or an online banking or a branch or at an ATM, we have to be available there. And those are the things that we continue to work on is to continue to improve that member experience at all touch points that it can be sim- similar to what it is back in the day, that face-to-face teller line. Well, I have to say, um, you are uh, the bank that I bank at mostly, which was is over on Pearson Boulevard, yeah. was one of the first ones that was transitioned into nothing separating between you as the member and 
the um, credit yep. union staff. And I remember the first day I walked in and I was talking with um, the staff there and I said, how does this feel? And they all unanimously said, oh, it's so much nicer. It's a relaxed environment. I actually feel like I get to speak to the members that come in. And it's a really big change yeah. going from this the huge separation of that class. It is important to have that concept. And it's what's important about it is that we are there for our members side by side. Let's get rid of the barriers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Let's get rid of the things that get in the relationship in the way of building a relationship. And that's what that dialogue tower or pod is, it allows us to do. The member is able to come along, look at the same screen that we're working with them and we can navigate them through their financial life, right? And the different uh, life events that they go through. And it really shows that GFA is there for, to be their financial partner. And what's been the reception from the members who have gone in there um, and experienced this new layout? It's new, right? So yeah. anytime you have new, it's a little like a whoa. And yeah. they implemented this before I got here, but where I came from, we have we had this as well. Oh. And and so I'll speak to the experience that I've had mm -hmm. elsewhere because uh, at GFA, they've had this for a while, and yeah. I think the members are, are used to it. It's just everybody's supposed to be in their space, their own space. And so that newness has allowed members to say, oh, now people are getting more and more comfortable with it because it's been out there for some time. Mm -hmm. it, and, and it's very inviting, though. You know, the lobbies are very inviting. The mm -hmm. colors over the, you know, I love the idea. I'm just curious, is, do we know why? Do you know why they're, they have the colors and, and what the idea was behind that? Because you can change the colors and the one over by my bank. It, right. It's just constantly rotating. Yep. Just to be our brand, yeah. right, and and put a different mood out there for the season. And I that's, love it. Yeah, that's that's part of it, right? Yeah. It's just how can we continue to draw attention to our locations and maybe brighten somebody up with that. Perfect, great marketing idea. I love it. It was good. <laughs> We're going to step aside for a quick break, but we'll be right back right here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Do you have the right high-quality employees to successfully compete and grow your business? Franklin Professional Associates' team of recruiters in Lemonster is here to help you hire the best so you can be your best. Visit franklinprofessionals.com today. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal. We're on the road in Gardner today at 229 Parker Street. We're chatting with Mark Hedinger. He's the president and CEO of GFA. So, Mark, I know earlier in the podcast we dove into your history, but I'd love to hear some of the history about GFA. I think nationwide you see there's been a consolidation of a lot of local banks, but GFA is really holding its own in north central Massachusetts and continuing to grow. Can you speak to that history and growth? Yeah, I'd like to speak to our history and growth because it's, it's important to know where we came from. And we have a really solid base starting in 1938. We had 20 founding fathers that pledged $755 to the credit union just to start the credit <laughs> union. And, and it was in a house of uh, our first president CEO, Linus Lane, on Greenwood Street. Right just around down the corner. The road. Yeah, yeah, right around the corner. Right around the corner. So in 1941, we opened up this location at Parker Street, our first branch. And Linus said, our members who stood by us with confidence and unwavering loyalty, we are proud that this very statement holds true today. Right, credit union members standing by their credit union. Mm -hmm. Today we serve over 33,000 members. We have 10 branches. And those 10 branches come from consolidation. We've, mm -hmm. we've merged in seven other credit unions across the area. 
because they saw what we offered our members from services, technology, and those things over those years. And they said, we can't do that for our members. We want to be a part of GFA, who then can provide that for our members. So there were seven credit unions. One was Fernald School, mm-hmm. South Bent Brothers, Collier Keyworth, Templeton Credit Union, Fitchburg Community Federal Credit Union, mm-hmm. and Marquette and Cheshire County Federal Credit Union. And some of those communities that we've uh, brought into the GFA network are in Ashburnham, Lemonster, Templeton, Winchenden, Keene, Peterborough, Ringe. Those are a lot of Rutland, outlying areas, too. Hubbardston, those are Yeah, those right? are not like central large towns mm-hmm. or cities. No. And we also have to applaud you for only being here 10 months and pronouncing all of those correctly. Agreed. Well, I've been working on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's paid off, Mark. It's paid off. Now, Mark, you mentioned the services that you provide to your members. And when you saw that those mergers and bringing those banks into the GFA fold, it was because of those services. Mm-hmm. So yep. we're hoping you could talk a little bit more about those services that you do offer to members today. And, and for those who are thinking about GFA, what are some of the advantages of coming here? Well, GFA you know, offers the same financial services that a lot of financial institutions provide, the savings account, checking account, loans. But some of it comes down to the service that we provide, right? We definitely focus on how we can um, provide different products and services like a camper, or motorcycle, boat, or an ATV loan. And then the other part of that is we are partners with Mass Save Program, and that's been a really good um, program to help people out at, to fund a heating and cooling systems, right? But one of our strengths that differentiates us is our, our focus on financial literacy, and we have two student advisory boards, one for Gardner High School and one for Keene High School. And these programs are where students get to experience sitting on a student board. The students receive FaceTime with our senior leadership team, as well as leadership networking mixers with local leaders and our communities. And we are very proud to say that our own mayor of Gardner is a GFA Student Advisory Board alumni. It's an amazing opportunity to give a high school student such a window into Mm -hmm. not only financial literacy, but the idea that you're providing them with networking opportunities and board opportunities. Those are skills, soft skills that, you know, are so critical for the future, regardless of what they go into, starting a business, if they want to be an entrepreneur or join a financial institution or go into healthcare, all of those require those kind of soft skills that this program is giving them the opportunity to. It is. And we've gotten some great interns from it, as well as employees that have come out of the, the high school and came and work for GFA. So it's it's been a great program that way. But I just don't remember growing up, right, where I was talked a lot about financial literacy. And that's what I love about the credit union industry, right? We really focus in on financial literacy. How can we lift people up? How can we give them a helping hand when they're going through a life event and just sitting with them and understanding it and then providing whether it's a product or service that we can help them navigate that or just education on how they navigate that life event? You know, that's that's taking a real leadership role in a community um, to say that we're here for not only the current members, but we're here for our future members as well and the future leaders that are you know going to come through our doors and one day going to lead this country. Right. And we have to do what we can to get them there to yeah, help us. We do. We do. And while we're on the subject of leadership, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your leadership style here at GFA and you know, bringing your experience from credit unions and other credit unions in Minnesota out now to North Central Massachusetts. Yeah, I like to lead by example. 
I have a style of leadership that I don't want people to look at me as those leader. I want them to follow, right? And so my focus is on the team and providing them the tools, the education, and the coaching and development that they need, but they are also asking for. I want them to be successful, right? I, I want them to see GFA as a career, not as just a job. I lead with passion. I encourage our team to be passionate about our core values and how we can be an employer of choice in the communities that we serve. A recent employee survey said that employees have a friend at work. 82% of our employees say that, which is pivotal to our culture and Mm -hmm. building the culture that we want to create here. Mm -hmm. And I do want to brag about our core values a little bit because we just created new core values for GFA that everybody inside the organization was able to contribute to. And they're be curious, be empowered, be compassionate, be accountable, be present, and be remarkable. And it's not me coming in here as a new leader saying, hey, here's my core values I want you to adopt. It's me coming in here as a leader and saying, what core values do you want to work for? And me adapting to them, not the other way. And I'm looking at those over your shoulder as you're you're talking Mm -hmm. about them because they're on your screen. I just think about... Mm-hmm. Um, not even just from a career perspective, but to have those core values, I think, is so essential to being a good person in general. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the beautiful thing about it, if you take a look at those six core values, everything we can do, we can point to them and say, were we remarkable in that moment? Mm-hmm. And we can say, yeah or no, we can, we can be better. Were we present? And that's so important that when our members are in the door, we're present. Nothing else matters, right? When an employee is in my office, I'm present. Nothing else matters. Or if I'm in the hallways or at other locations, I'm present with the employees. It's so important that I'm a visible, caring, compassionate leader. It's not about me, it's, it is about the team. If you understand leadership, it takes the team to get you to the goals you have, want. And it's about making sure you take care of your employees. So that that's my so leadership true. style. That is so true. So just coming from you know just 10 months, you've been a transplant mm-hmm. here in the East Coast from Minnesota. What are some of the differences and similarities that you see? Because I feel like listening to you speak, it is a very Midwest sort of very grounded attitude towards a financial institution. And I'm just curious if you found a lot of differences or more similarities between the two cities. Besides the two different accents, right? (laughs) I I know what a pak maka. Do you? Or don't you know? (laughs) <laughs> right? So definitely two different accents where I'm coming from. But in the credit union community, where I came from, it was very embracing the latest technology. And you wouldn't think that from a Midwestern uh, communities or financial institution, but Minnesota is, the, those communities really embrace the technology. And so the Northeast is a little bit more hesitant. We're reluctant. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. Yeah. And they really like to come into the lobby. Yeah. Face to face, and in Minnesota, they're in the drive-throughs. They don't want to get out of the it's cars. Cold it's cold in Minnesota. It, it is so cold. <laughs> <laughs> my last time back there was minus fifteen degrees. Oh, oh my god! Right? Glad you left the weather when you, you moved here. Yeah, me too. Don't bring that. Uh, that was definitely a, a positive to coming here. I looked at the average temperature during winter, and it was much higher than yeah. a good selling point. <laughs> <laughs> the other piece of that is the people are great, and you know you have Minnesota nice. But what I've found in North Central Massachusetts, South Central uh, New Hampshire is home. Mm -hmm. And the people are great. 
the members are are here to help us get better. They provide guidance. They they pat us on the back. They you know they share how we can do better. We just have to listen. And the the team members out here, I'm really excited about. It's probably one of the stronger teams that I've gotten to work with. We continue to enhance that. We continue to provide education. We continue to provide progress in our leadership styles and how we can continue to serve our employees better. So that's definitely um, some of the things that are the same or different about the financial institutions uh, from Midwest to, to Northeast. Yeah. There, there is one other thing that yes. has really surprised me, the difference between Northeast and, and the Oh, Midwest. I'm sure there are so many things that have surprised you. The amount of fraud that Northeast credit unions and financial institutions have to deal with is five times greater wow. than what we've, we're dealing with in Midwest. I'm just blown away by it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as members or customers of financial institutions, it's really important that you're listening to your financial institution about how to prevent fraud. And if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we really have to work together as partners to help prevent fraud. And so now how much is that fraud prevention now playing into the literacy that you engage mm. with with your members? Because I think, you know, prior, I think people mostly thought of, you know, how do the interest rates work and that sort of thing. But the fraud and learning about preventing that's got to be just as important. It, yeah, it's a large part of what we're doing, not only for our members, but our employees, because we have 100 employees that we can utilize as advocates out in the communities in our branch locations to really educate members on how to protect themselves from fraud. You know, Gardner is um, an older community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that there are members of the GFA family that have been members for decades upon decades. Yeah. And the elderly population is a big target for those kinds of scams. How are How is GFA working with our population here in Gardner and all of the cities and towns that you work with? Well, most of our employees are senior safeguard certified. We do go out and speak at uh, senior centers in Gardner, uh, Peterborough, and Lemonsta. Mm-hmm. I see I got rid of the R there. <laughs> and those are things that are important to us to make sure that we're continuing to be a part of the senior communities mm-hmm. and provide education there. Mm-hmm. We have a monthly Tech Talk blog oh. that our CIO would um, – put out there and really talk about the different ways to avoid fraud. Uh, and then mentioning the student advisory groups, mm-hmm. again, we definitely go over that from an educational piece for that group and uh, make sure that they're aware of how to avoid fraud. Yeah, everybody is targeted slightly differently, whether it be text messages from, you know, Amazon saying your package is late and you need to click this link and give us your credit card number yeah. or, you know, an email that people click on or someone calling and saying that, we have, you know, we we, we need your yep. you know credit card number. We need, you know, $500 in gift cards for you to do stuff. Is there a point where your staff, if um, if a member camp comes in, regardless of their age, um, and they say, you know, maybe we should talk about what, what you're about to do, you know, maybe $15,000 in a, in a money order is probably not the best way to free the African prince? Yeah, part of that senior safeguard certification is the training so they recognize and identify those situations that our members are coming in. And we've told members no, right, to protect That's hard, them. Yeah. yeah. And it is hard. They get mad at you. But then when you ultimately gather more information and show them what's going on, they understand. they're extremely appreciative. And so that certification is really helpful for that team 
to be able to combat fraud for our members. So, Mark, for listeners out there who are hearing this conversation, they want to learn more about the services that GFA provides, learn more about your branches, learn more about the literacy or any of these related topics that we've covered today. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you and your team? Yes. Start by looking at uh, Facebook or Instagram or on social media, right? We have www.gfafcu.com, our website. And then we have 10 wonderful convenient locations that members can also stop in or non-members. And we really are here to help you. Mark, thank you so much for allowing us to invade your space today and have some good conversation around banking and your history. And, you know, welcome to New England. Thank you so much. And thank you for being interested in us. We'll be back with another new episode next week. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.